1: and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset.
0: We are 1,106 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Emerson, alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorites, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Lord Marty Foster. Lord Foster, how are you?
1: I'm definitely very psychotic. I've got gamer's elbow and a stinking, raging cold. I won't call it that other thing that they made in Wuhan, um, although it probably is. Have you had your booster shot? Uh, No, I've had no shots whatsoever. Thank you very much for Well, that's good. That's good. That's good. I'm
0: I'm
2: glad to hear that. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. And I learned something new uh yesterday. Well, technically this morning, but yesterday. We learned a yeah, lot of new things well, yesterday. That's that's true. We did. Apparently testosterone makes you more, you know how you have man flu? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently it the reason it hits men harder, if you will, is because testosterone. It causes your body to be more aggressive, your immune system to um invading whatever, whether it's pollen or it's actually a virus or something like that. Apparently, testosterone changes that. Anyway, that was an okay. interesting uh, right, learn. Marty, that translates into
1: just stop being a man. Uh, well, also, uh, I can't remember where I heard it, but uh, we may have even discussed it on the podcast, but they were using estrogen injections to help men get over COVID, you know, estrogen.
2: so... Actually, it, it changes the way your body fights viruses. And that's why women can have the same sickness that a man has and the man could have a, uh, worse symptoms is because the, the body fights it differently depending on how much estrogen or testosterone is in your system.
1: Yeah, you know, I've struggled all my life uh, trying to avoid the man boob situation. So the last thing I want is to be, you know, filled full of uh, female hormones. But I've always thought i thought slightly differently about the whole testosterone thing i thought it was more of a case of we'll resist for longer but then when we do get a virus it hits us harder and so we do suffer and we are useless i mean i've got to admit i am rubbish when i've got a really bad cold i'm the same just my leave me alone just leave me alone. yeah my, my significant other person copes really well and keeps on going but because I have got uh, an inbuilt level of sympathy, as soon as they're ill, look, look at me using all these uh, gender-neutral pronouns. It's my wife. I'm talking about my wife, right? When she gets ill, I try to help as much as possible. But because she's had years of me being useless, I get the the equivalence of sympathy as to where it comes in the dictionary, which is be standby. It's between shit and syphilis. So, um, you know... It's, it's like the boy who cried wolf. I've been bad with a cold too many times and she's had enough of my shit.
0: You've realized what you've just done.
1: What have I just done? You've just disappointed millions of American women. Well, I would have been a disappointment anyway. Uh, single, <laughs> married, or, or, or whatever. Yeah, perhaps not all of them will listen to this episode.
0: Perhaps not. We shall see. Since we're talking, I guess, about uh, viruses and colds and things, why, why not a little bit of COVID, right? Uh, Bruce, Senator Rand Paul, and uh, Representative Chip Roy, out of the House, have both just introduced legislation to eliminate the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Do you think we should?
2: Yes, uh, I do think we should. Now that that bill is going to die in a fire because it's. Oh, of course. You know, Biden's not going to sign it. It's not going to pass through the Senate. It's another one of those Republican, hey, see, we're doing something uh, things, but they're not wrong. Uh, We should get rid of it. Um, That said, I'm actually not sure, isn't that under the executive branch? So technically the next president that comes in would be like, you're done, you're out, you're fired. And they're fired per the constitution
1: anyway. The truth of the matter is a first world country like the United States of America, should have such institutes that are working towards better care, better treatments for allergies and infections and so on. But while we were talking in prep about what we were talking, I had this talk about image in my head. You can't talk about no, that yet. We're not going to talk about that yet. But have you ever heard of Japanese knotweed? I want to say yes, but enlighten me further, please. Right. It's a weed. Uh, it has a, a fairly boring sort of surface presentation, you know, a few leaves and a flower, but the root system goes very deep and it can destroy buildings. If you've got Japanese knotweed on your property, you can't sell your house. Because at some point or another, that root system is going to go through your walls, through your footings, undermine your foundations, and it kills any chance of selling that property. And that's the problem with institutes like the N was it, NAIH. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah whatever. It's, it's Fauci's yeah, that, whatever. That, his, Fauci's... Yeah. Yeah toy they are so infiltrated by subversive types that the only actual answer is to tear the whole thing down and start again now i'm sounding like klaus bastard swab with the great reset but he's right in that respect we do need a great reset the problem isn't our Institutions, the problem isn't our systems, which is what you were talking about the other day. We've got perfectly good systems. The problem is the people inside them. And, and we need to identify those subversives and make sure that they never are able to take any kind of public office again. I'm not talking about doing it in a civil way like that ass hat was talking about reducing population. I'm talking about just legislate legislate and make sure that any affiliation to the communist party any political party for that matter unless you're standing but i would like to get rid of political parties as it happens any of these things that might bring undue influence on an individual in public office need to be legislated against and made it impossible for those people to ever take public office it's a big thing. It's a massive thing, but it's the only it's way necessary. to solve it's, this problem we have.
0: It's necessary. It, it is absolutely necessary. I, I completely concur with you. What would these people do, though? I was Bruce and I were talking about this before, and you know, offline, I said, "There's nothing like if the, if a politician wasn't a politician, what could they do?" There's nothing that they oh, could well, do. They, we'd have to set up
1: reeducation centers
0: is that bruce had something similar but it was a uh, um how, how was it bruce it was done in a, a civil way a
2: peaceful well, way well, yeah I, I suggested all the things that they say they're going to do to us to do to them uh digital credit uh they get a universal basic income uh they own nothing and they're happy about it uh, that's my suggestion for them
1: but you as a religious man know that it, vengeance is mine saith the lord so it's not up to us to wreak revenge on them What is up to us is to take back control of our lives and and our destinies and our offspring's destinies and not have these compromised, greedy, some of them are subverse ideologues. We were talking earlier on about you have to have uh, a true believer to make it convincing so the puppet master needs someone who really believes in in the message that they're you know the propaganda and and ideologies that they're putting forward you need someone who really believes in it having their strings pulled to make it convincing i don't know where i was going with that but no i'd i'd feel bad i'd feel i'd i don't want to uh risk my agnostic immortal soul in in an act of revenge when they don't really deserve that kind of attention from us, just just ignore them. Let them cope uh, or try to cope and, and survive in the new framework, the framework of, of honesty, of openness, of a fair deal. Let them try and survive in that. And if they can, they can. If they can't, then that's their problem.
0: We were talking about uh, Rishi Sunak earlier this week and how I I thought he just, the guy, I I mean, I I know that I don't really care too much for the average politician these days or, or anything like that. And, you know, some of these politicians, they can be pretty convincing. This guy is not, not in the slightest is he any kind of convincing at all. He just has that that look on his face like he's just some weaselly snake and he's lying to you about absolutely everything now look i know boris johnson (laughs) is a liar okay just as an example i know boris johnson is a liar but boris johnson is a good liar he's a very good liar he's had a a lot of time to practice at it and and quite frankly he has nice outfits when he's lying
1: to you sunak doesn't do that yeah he's getting worse uh, at lying is johnson um you know because he's had to remember too many previous lies and keeps getting caught out in in those. But Sunak's in Albania at the moment, as it happens. The Albanian prime minister, I I missed the piece where, because it was at five o'clock this evening, he was going to be talking with the Albanian prime minister. And that Albanian prime minister had already torn into our home secretary, um, Suella Braverman about the way she'd spoken about Albanian people saying you know we don't want boatloads of Albanian criminals coming across the channel fueling the manpower of organized crime in the UK and that's exactly what they are and then Sunak was going to meet with him and I'm going to have to catch up on on how that discussion or that press conference went thereafter but you had people uh, on on the news show this was GB News. There are other news channels also available. A professor from an Albanian university saying, "No, no, no. We we are we are good people. We are educated people. But there are areas of the country in the north which are very poor. Yeah, they are, and they're all flooding across Europe, getting to Calais and jumping in small boats to come and be drug dealers and." sex traffickers here in the UK. You know, he even admitted during that, this this professor, that they are financial migrants, not asylum seekers, because Albania, by his own words, is a safe country. So Sunak, I would like to see how he, how he dealt with that, but he reminds me, and I'm going on a bit here, so I apologise. We had a TV comedy sketch show here in the UK called The Mary Whitehouse Experience, and they had a character on that called... Captain Insincere. Now this guy, he'd come across an unfortunate situation and because his voice sounded so insincere when he said, oh, what a personal disaster, as if he was being sarcastic, he would get beaten up in every sketch. And that's what should happen to Sunak because he has got absolutely no sincerity. He's worth £720 million, richest man in Westminster, He has no concept of of what life for normal British people of whatever ethnicity is like, and he's totally out of touch with what the British people want. But there's no surprise there, is there? We're not surprised that we've got a leader who has no idea about his people because he's been put there by the bastards that are trying to subvert everything. One way or another, he's got there because he's unelected, he's not been through a general election, and he's been put there by those shadowy sons of bitches that are ruining everyone's lives. I didn't know if you caught this or not. The
0: Guardian did a piece on how Sunak just had the, they had to upgrade the electricity grid because they needed to be able to make sure there was enough power put in to handle the grid line that he's on because he needed his private swimming pool it needed to be heated at his home
1: well there's not much meat on him he's, he's a bit wimpy isn't he in fact he's incredibly wimpy yeah he's, um, strong wind could blow so it it could be a cruel and unusual punishment to put such a wimpy man into an unheated swimming pool so you know to be fair um i think that that's humanitarian reasons you think it's
0: charity is all it is. I had talked to you earlier in the week about some dealings that were going on in the Middle East, uh, and I thought, is this even possible? The Chinese have come in and brokered a deal. You spent many years out there, and you, you understand the, the culture and, and how things work. But The Chinese have come in, and they've brokered a deal between the, uh, the Saudis and the Houthi rebels out of Yemen. And I thought, there's no way that that could ever go through. There's no way that they could ever stick to that. And you said you'd be surprised how long they'll stick to it until the money or the money will make make them stick to it until the money doesn't make them stick to it was basically your response. But now they've gone even further with it. It's not just a deal between the Saudis and the Yemenis, uh, the Yemenis, uh, the Houthi rebels out of Yemen. Now it's a deal between the Saudis and the Iranians. Has hell frozen
1: over? No, uh-huh. it's. It's that kind of pressure that's being applied, isn't it? The Saudis have got a new crown prince and he wants Saudi to become more liberal. And there's probably all kinds of reasons that he wants to take his country off of the almost constant war footing that it's been on for quite a few years now. He wants to invest in other things. Now, what's it called? I'm going to make myself look stupid here. But the deals that the Chinese have done in Africa, is it um, ring belt? Ring was it what is it? Belt and Road. Belt and Road? Belt and Road. That's that's what that's the phrase think I was it, looking for.
0: Yeah, think of it like the new Silk Road initiative of the twenty first century.
1: Yeah. So that is it's, is probably part of the deal. So that Yemen gets to be modernized, gets the infrastructure built, all those things if they get left alone. So it's just another chance for the CCP to extend its influence into another region where there is mineral wealth. They've done it in Africa, and now they're, they're moving into... I mean, Iran is a big country. It's got its own mineral wealth. Who knows what geologists have found? Another deposit of lithium, cobalt, those kind of things. They don't do anything out of the goodness of their hearts because there is no goodness in a communist heart. There simply isn't, or rather a true communist, someone who's really there just to share whatever they have with everybody else. That's something quite different. But these people use communism, Marxism, as a way of controlling populations, not in terms of numbers, although whenever they they need to, they've certainly been able to reduce their population, but in terms of Physical controls on what those populations can and can't do. So that's what I think is probably happening. And there will be Houthi leaders that will be riding around in G wagons and top of the range sports cars in no time at all. But of course, first, they need those metalled roads in Yemen to drive their new cars on.
0: I agree with you. And I, I'm I'm looking at this in terms of how China will do business. Uh, now, this is a hypothetical situation, but I see it as something that could be entirely possible. So I'm going to run this one past you, and then you can give me your considered and informed opinion on how you think it'll go. The Chinese making a deal with the Saudis. Okay. Well, that would be a cause because we've cut Ourselves out because we sent the old man shuffling over there, and they did the fist pump. They laughed at him, and and he hopped back onto Air Force One, fell up the stairs, and and got two scoops of ice cream back across the Atlantic. We're no longer there to ensure the petrodollar. We're no longer there to ensure the uh, the naval military might and maritime security along with you all, in order to see that that oil gets shipped around the world safely to all the countries that need it and depend on it. So that means that. China, all of a sudden, is a country of peace, somehow. A country that's killed uh, 80 million of their own people, respectively. Somehow, they're now a country of peace. And they've brokered a deal with the Saudis to be part of this Belt and Road Initiative. Well, in order for them to broker the deal with the Saudis, they have to get all these other countries on board, which they seem to have done, at least on the surface, at least for the time being. Now, if I'm China, this is what, if I'm, you know, communist subverters, communist party subverters, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I'm just saying that this is par for the course when it comes to a communist country. This is what they do. They will start funding proxy groups to attempt to overthrow the new crown prince and his faction that run the government, They will have those people eliminated, or at least attempt to. They will install their own puppets for whatever faction that wins that that little um, skirmish that they have set up there. And they will strip all the resources for themselves. And they'll do it on their terms using their currency, which is another thing, the yuan. Again, we guaranteed the oil to be sold around the world in dollars, right? The petrodollar. Before that, it was the pound sterling. So we guaranteed that. We also backed it up with military might. The Chinese can't do that. Maybe militarily at some point. Yes, maybe with their their People's Liberation Army Navy. Figure that one out. But the Yuan... That's the most manipulated currency on this planet. They change it however they want. That is not security and stability. Now, you can argue how corrupt we are and how corrupt our establishments and our financial institutions and stuff are here in the West, but at least we had monetary security. The Chinese do not. So using those two things that I laid out there, what do you think?
1: Well, I've told this story before, I'm sure. When I visited China in 1986, they would not give us the yuan. They gave us things called friendship tokens for which we paid hard sterling. They have been collecting dollars, sterling, hand over fist. And because our governments have been quantitative easing or basically counterfeiting money for such a long time, they've pretty much got us by the balls. Because digitally, their accounts say they've got however many trillion dollars. In fact, that's probably where that $300 trillion has disappeared. That's the hole into which it's fallen. So they can actually continue to use the dollar to transport that oil and buy that oil and those mineral wealth, that mineral wealth around the world. People will accept dollars. People will accept sterling. They won't accept the yuan, but they've got enough dollars. They've got enough of a grip on your financial system and my financial system to bring that influence to bear. Now, the other thing happened recently with Sunak is he's just announced the uh, the building of two new free ports in the UK. I suppose the concept of a free port is that, you know, there's, there's no duty to be paid. You can ship goods in and out, transfer it from one ship to another without uh, customs being applied. So they effectively become a neutral zone. They're not really part of the country because if you land goods in a, you know, in a sovereign state, that sovereign state is allowed to charge revenue on it. Why so does this sound new,
0: like? Well, I'm just curious. Why does this sound like an
1: open door for drug smuggling? That's exactly what it is. But I would like to look a little bit closer at who is financing and who's investing. Uh-huh. Into uh-huh. those new free ports, yeah, is it the CCP or is it the CCP through some other agency? you know we were supposed to build new nuclear reactors, but because of the Huawei chip thing with the back doors in in all the chips that are being you know sold around the world that couldn't be trusted, we couldn't trust China. And they, they knew they couldn't get that past the British people, so that idea got scrapped. Subsequently, we've been forced down the renewable route with wind farms and solar panel farms and those kind of things, rather than some us building with our allies some decent nuclear reactors to maintain our requirements for electricity. So that investment didn't come from China. I think maybe... The free ports investors need to be investigated and find out exactly who they are.
2: I would also point out China's probably using the currencies that uh, you were referencing there, all of the ones that actually are traded around the world. Um, They're using their surplus of that cash to buy up gold. And they're in the process of dumping some of the bonds that they have in the Western world. And they're slowly offloading those bonds and um, uh, unloading gold. And as our economies become a little bit more unstable because of uh, hyperinflation or inflation right now, but it could end up being hyperinflation very soon, China just has to give it a little nudge and dump the rest of those bonds or dump a large portion of them. And that would teeter the uh, Western economy over the edge. And we would see Going from high, uh, inflation uh, to hyperinflation overnight, just just by them teetering that over.
1: And um, what was it nine days ago that the the Federal Reserve announced that they could sell another three trillion in bonds?
0: Something like that, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So we've just had our eleventh interest rate rise. So we're now at four and a quarter percent. The guy who's in charge of the Bank of England. Has has seen fit to raise the interest rates eleven times in um, well in the last six months, I think. So it's it, it's getting worse, and and several people who know a lot more about that kind of finance um, than I do have said this is going to trigger uh, an even bigger problem. It's not going to solve the problem of inflation. It's going to make it worse. That's the attack we're under. At every level of the establishment, that Japanese knotweed has wound its way in there. And we're, you know, no offense to the Japanese. It's just what we called it. It probably originated from the Far East. But it's it's a weed that infiltrates, intrudes into everything and destroys. So that's what, that's what we're facing. Again, back to what we were saying right at the start. Klaus is right. We do need a great reset but not his great reset, we need the one that suits us.
2: To your point about the uh, um, economy stuff, uh, assuming the, the, uh, these central banks, assuming the central bank is more concerned about revenue, and they're more concerned about their bottom line, assuming that's still the case, they are so much more afraid of what's coming than tanking our economy. So what's coming as in inflation? They're, they're so much more afraid of that. That's why they're increasing the interest rates is because that's the only thing they have to fight inflation. They have to burn off the excess cash as as quickly as they can.
1: But that but the, at the, that, th- that excess cash didn't, didn't burn off. If you look at the economist I was listening to earlier was saying that the Silicon Valley Bank, the reason it collapsed was because of the interest rate rises More people deposited into their bank because of the interest that they were offering on savings. Subsequently, the bankers, the investment side of the business thought, we've got all this excess stuff, let's start lending. And it was those kind of, or investing and and lending, it was those kind of actions that caused the collapse because they were suddenly very cash rich because of the interest hikes. That's the issue, that banks get irresponsible because the, the kind of people that go into banking, they're not – then well, I, d- I don't know about anywhere else in the world, but certainly the ones I've met, you know, the, these guys in the UAE and on the British stock market and so on, and these investment bankers, they are hoo-ha Henrys. They want the champagne lifestyle, and they do it on your money you know the the money that you invest for your lifetime savings for your retirement or whatever they lend it to somebody else they're not sensible people they're risk takers and that's one of the drives that has got them into banking you need someone who, who isn't a crazy risk taker to be in charge of your finances and um, we don't have that it's almost like it was engineered that way
2: well on top of that i would also say i don't like the whole banking system the way it's set up right now anyway Uh, When you put your money into the bank, you no longer own that money. The bank owns the money and they just have a uh, basically they're required by law to give you the money back, uh, you know, but because of the way the laws have changed, you are now the last to be paid off when the bank collapses. They pay off everyone else and you, the depositor, you're the last on the list. Uh, It shouldn't be that way. They shouldn't be able to loan out your money. They shouldn't be able to invest your money. I don't actually uh, investing like if they're putting it into uh, bonds or something like that. I'm a little I'm okay with that more so than the other investments they're doing like loans um, because they've they're predatory lenders. They, They lend to people that can't pay it back. Uh, and then you open the door for exactly as you described uh, at SvB Bank. They, they gave out bad loans and with the interest rate hikes their bonds became worthless more or less because uh you know the the new bonds that you could buy the 5 or 10 year bonds were going for like 5 or 6% higher than what they bought it for so for them to sell their bonds to get the money that they had invested back they were getting 80 cent uh, 80 cents on the dollar 75 cents on the dollar uh, for their bonds so that that's part of the reason so In other words, they lost billions of dollars of other people's money uh, because of poor management.
1: Yeah, and and we know that when you go in to apply for a loan, that money doesn't exist until the guy presses a button to say loan authorized. What allows them to press that button is the number of deposits. So in, in some respects, they're not really lending someone your money your money just gets channeled back to the central banks, the actual wealth, and new fake unbacked up wealth gets created to give the loans. That's why when those loans turn turn bad, the bank doesn't have the money to, to back it up and, and it collapses. So yeah, I mean, I really resent having to use a bank at all. But as I said, I think I said the other day, or maybe I was talking to, to Ned or anyone because we, we have these discussions and I'm forced to be paid into a bank. My company won't pay me in cash, so I'm forced to use a bank. That means somebody else gets to know what I'm spending, where I'm spending it, and also they get to decide how I can access that money I know someone who went to draw just just 10,000 pounds out of a bank because he needed to move it from one place to another and he didn't want to do it digitally and the bank made him wait they made him they asked him you know what are you going to use the money for it's none of your bloody business mate what I'm going to use the money for
0: that happened it's to me it's my oh, but that happened to me yeah. with $1000 $1, it's
1: ludicrous it is um just the other night, because I'm, I'm a, a man of principle, I left my cards at home and I took cash with me to uh, a get-together. Because we're all working from home, the team haven't seen each other for quite a while. So we decided to, to go to uh, a place down in Portsmouth and have a meal together. And it was quite nice. I went to pay. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's card only. I said, why? Why is it card-only? Oh, we don't have change. And I was trying to establish whether or not if I had exactly the right money that I could pay with cash, and I I didn't get a proper answer. In the end, my boss paid on his card, or said he'd pay for mine, and I would give him the cash. The trouble was, I only had £20 notes. The bill for the two of us was £46, so it wasn't an expensive night. So I gave him two £20 notes. He didn't give me any change either, and he paid on his card, so I paid for him as well. Um, I am sick of this whole move towards the cashless society. I love cash. Cash is the best thing to use. You can keep track of it. It allows you to budget. You can give it away. You can burn it. You can make it rain on pole dancers. All of those great things. I mean, throwing a, a debit card... A pole dancer, you could get a nasty cut or something like that. So it's just if you're not in Canada.
0: We need, know, if you're in Canada, you know, they don't have like the paper money for the one through five. So you have to throw like coins.
1: Well, I have been to a bar in Canada, um, in Vancouver. Uh, there's a, an area of Vancouver called Gastown, and it's all now. Marty, bars, this, is a fam- nightclubs. this is a family show, so make sure, yeah, I, I, okay. I know. But I went on the first night the ship was in. And I saw some things on stage that I thought, oh, that was pretty good. But then I started to work with the Vancouver Harbor Police for a few days because it was during this is a long time ago, Expo eighty six. Or in their custody. No, I was working with them, mate. Okay, I've done arms. a lot of police work all, all, yeah, yeah, all yeah, over yeah. the world because knowing knowing how I react in certain situations, I'm better off being on the side of the law, working with the law than not so. I started to volunteer to do a lot of this this work, and I told the the copper what I'd seen on the stage the night before, and he said they can't do that. And he told Vice, and a bit later that evening we raided the place. <laughs> oh God, I, I, I do regret that, but um, I, I regret telling him. But yeah, that was that that was quite a fun experience. Uh, I worked with them for about four or five days, and then the ship sailed. So. Uh-huh. um all good stuff.
0: I see. Well, speaking of burning off cash, uh, Ukraine—that seems to be a good place to burn off a lot of cash recently, don't you think? I mean, we're burning off a whole hell of a yeah. cash in there. Our two countries and most of the European well, countries—we're burning off all kinds of cash.
1: I, I don't earn a huge amount, but I do pay what I consider to be a ridiculous amount of tax every year, and on everything. And I think we all do. I want my—I want my money back. I want it all back because successive governments have just wasted my money and I don't like it. I really don't like it. And uh, there's got to be a way. There, there, there should be some way of applying. Well, um, dear, actually, uh, already, dear HMRC, they
0: they've already given us that opportunity. They've already given us the system in order to do that. We just need to act on it. And it's very simple. We get hit with it all the time. Uh, it's called reparations. You've heard of that, yeah? They they talk about reparations. I have. All the time. Yes. I mean, I can't think of a better form of reparations than for the governments and the tax collection agencies and the central banks to give back all the money they've stolen from us since their inception. Can you?
1: Well, I think it was um, partly a joke, but it would have been a, a damn fine solution in 2008 when the banks crashed, when the, the, the whole financial She'll downturn happened. We should have let them go. Rather than bail them out, give everybody over a certain age, I think it worked out to be about 2 million quid each, and then they've got to pay the mortgage off. They've got to buy a British car. They've got to spend so much on booze and tobacco products every month. And did I say, you know, stop work? So they'd retire immediately. And that would sustain them for the rest of their lives with their own money. That way it would reinvigorate and make more healthy the British economy. You'd have the revenue back on the the alcohol and and the tobacco products, whether you smoked them or not. And, and that would fund the NHS. And it, it would have solved so many people's problems instead of bailing out a bunch of hooray Henry champagne lifestyle risk-taking f**kwits. No, you're you're
0: right. You're right. I'm sorry. I got hung up on the uh, the the British car. I, I've always don't ask me why. I've always wanted a TVR. I know a mutual friend of ours said that they were a piece of junk, but I mean, I would have it redone and modernized and everything. And I I just maybe just the body of one and the interior of one, and I'll just do the engine and the the drivetrain. Well, everything else. that
1: that would have been that would have been one of the jokes. Really, is that they probably isn't very many british cars left anymore no because rolls-royce are owned were owned by bmw and tata which is an indian company
0: all of the stuff the rolls-royces are made here now and they ship them to the uk to be assembled
1: yeah Uh, and that's the that's what's happened to the british economy we were really the first economy that they had to tear to pieces so we lost all our manufacturing industry. That all moved to Europe. Our agriculture has been under attack. And, you know, we were the one of the first we, we were really the the keystone that had to be uh undermined to break the rest of Europe. Because if we'd have kept our economy strong, Europe's economy would have been strong. But yeah. as it is, it's it's failing and failing and failing. It's almost like but it was there are some designed that way to to happen almost as if almost. it was by design, yeah, yeah. almost, yeah. But there, I mean, there are some great British cars, but they're extremely expensive. Now, I have got a friend who's bought one of the Aston Martin four by fours, and oh, really? I think that yeah, yeah, they're, they're like hundred eighty thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah,
0: a I, they are quite expensive. I, but I thought Aston, Aston Martins aren't they made in Austria now?
1: See, that's news to me, but quite possibly. But I thought there they used were. to be Lotus lotus yeah as lotus well. yeah
0: lotus at least um, yeah it was a i i thought i always thought it was a good looking car uh, but if you ask any british motor, motoring enthusiast as we have a common friend who is one uh, again he told me it was a piece of
1: junk that's because he's very large and doesn't fit into small sports cars that is true maybe that's why he didn't the like thing CVRs. about the the thing about the lotus and we're, we're we're going off track slightly here but the thing about the lotus cars were they were extremely environmentally friendly it was all about the, the, the power-to-weight ratio. They Most of them only had a four-cylinder engine. They weren't big V6, V8s. They were small engines and a very lightweight body, mostly fiberglass in construction, and therefore were very fast and quite maneuverable, but ecologically sound, shall we say. But that mutual friend, and I doubt he listens, and if you are, mate, how you doing? Soon, soon be your, your first wedding anniversary. I'll give you a shout on the phone. But... Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's just too big to fit in a small yeah, car. Yeah, yeah,
0: I actually, I saw a Lotus Elise not uh, not too long ago. It was, it was actually, it was uh, right at the end of summer. I saw one that was parked uh, at my gym and I thought, I got out of the car and I had to do like one of those double looks. I thought, oh, that's, then I looked back again. I said, that's a Lotus Elise. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe there was actually one. And it looked pristine. I mean, it looked brand new. D- enough about cars yeah enough about cars we, we could go on and on about cars i think but anyway to my point about ukraine getting all the way back to that my point uh getting back to ukraine your government has said that and your ministry of defense has said that you're going to send uh, with the challenger twos your main battle tanks that you're going to be sending to ukraine you're also going to be providing ammunition including
1: armor piercing rounds which will contain depleted uranium yeah I, I I don't know what you expect me to say. The well, armor-piercing rounds are depleted uranium. Yeah, and that's what that was right on the I, tip of the spear.
0: Uh, I'm, uh, why? What, why would? Uh, don't Don't get me wrong. It's not like the U.S. is doing anything better. You've got congressmen that are saying we need to send uh, cluster munitions over there that are actually banned by the Geneva Convention.
1: Yeah, uh, and the thing. The thing is, the U.S. Navy. In fact, all of NATO's navies that have got SeaWiz systems about once a month fire 50 rounds of depleted uranium straight into the ocean. It's a simple fact. When you do a positional accuracy test on your SeaWiz system, you fire 50 rounds off, they're all depleted uranium, and you track those rounds out. And all ships that are fitted with those systems are doing that at sea on a regular basis.
0: And just by the look on his face, you don't have to say anything at all. You can just tell by the look on his face, Bruce is looking up how much that is costing the American taxpayer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're they're expensive rounds. But the, the idea is with close in weapon systems, is that one round of depleted uranium has got enough mass and impact to knock a sea skimming cruise missile completely off target that is quite interesting
0: i think we can kick out of here a little bit early today uh because i know you're not feeling well uh and it's it's great to have you on even though you're not feeling well I, i'm sorry for waking you up early. i didn't mean to uh obviously well i didn't, didn't manage and... to
1: get i didn't manage to get to sleep is that my fault i put the no no not at all i, I lit the log burner uh <laughs> even though it's quite mild at the moment but i thought it will just make me feel dozy and uh, it, di- it didn't rage up and, and do that thing before it was time to come out. So um, I think the family will be indoors now, all asleep around the living room, around the log burner, uh, and I can go and join them presently. Well, before you do,
0: I have this last point that I thought you should weigh in on to give your considered and informed opinion. A change has been made and we're going to have to make the adjustment accordingly around here for each time that we continue to address it. Greta Thunberg is no longer Greta Thunberg. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Her official legal name has now changed. Really? Yes. To? Uh, she is now Dr. Greta Thunberg. She was awarded the title of Honorary Doctor of the Faculty of Theology from the University of Helsinki because of her activism in climate change.
1: Well, that's, that that's, that's really good for, for Greta to have a doctorate. I thought you were going to tell me that she changed the name to I don't know Jade or or Amethyst or something like that. So something possibly gender neutral. Um, but no, I mean they hand these doctorates out left, right, and Chelsea. We were talking in prep about a certain leader of a of an economic advisory group um, who was given an honorary degree from Harvard as in good old class
0: swab yeah it's
1: class swab yeah so you know if they'll give degrees if harvard will give degrees to scum like that then the university of helsinki they could give me a doctorate i could be a doctor of of swearing or something, I don't know. Well, a you doctor are a of profanity. You're already a lord. Well, so another title. What's yeah, but I paid Donald? ninety quid. I paid ninety pound for that <laughs> on the internet. You can do that. You can call yourself what you, you can, like. Yeah. Uh, actually, in 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 the UAE, um, what do you get? Because they still use checks a lot. Um, their banking system is is quite U.S. Tip. traditional. Yeah, you know the check is almost unheard of here in the UK now. Yeah, they got you rid can of it call yourself
0: here like twenty years ago. People are like check, we don't do checks now.
1: Yeah, you you can call yourself what what you like on your on your checkbook, and and I've seen people with sort of princess, lady, duchess, something or other, and that, that that's what they've called themselves. So that when they they write their their checks out, that's what it says on there. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen in The Dictator. He calls himself Admiral General Field Marshal Aladin. You know, you, you can call yourself what you like. These titles mean nothing. We need to show a lot less respect for academia now because we know it's been subverted. Medical doctors, that's a different thing. However, with what's gone on and... By comparison of how many of them know what's gone on, but not stood up and uh, and spoken out against it, maybe a few of them need to have a little less respect as well. At the end of the day, it's a job that they've studied for. I've studied for my job, and I know it inside out. So I could go and study for their job. But yeah, titles mean nothing.
0: Well... Marty, it's been an absolute pleasure. I suppose next week, we won't do this now, or we'll discuss it maybe a little bit uh, with Ned on the exclusive, and it'll be out on Monday for the uh, the regular listener. But we will get your take next week after things have calmed down on what's going on across France with uh, what's happened yeah. with their pension reform because it's, uh, well, well, Marseille is, well, it's in flames tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that is even being reported accidentally on GB News. Um the guy accidentally the in
0: flames. But, it's literally in flames. I know,
1: I know, but it was brought up by uh the former head of the immigration service who was talking about the small boat invasion and saying yes, they are largely Albanian criminals that are in the boats. And uh we don't know what the French will do with that extra money we've given them. I mean, because at the moment France is just one big riot. And the anchor had to go, oh, yes, yes, of course, there have been riots uh, now in France. And that's where it ended. There was no proper coverage of it, but it was it was reported by accident in an interview.
0: It seems like they're trying to add fuel to the fire, too, uh, Macron's government. One of the cabinet members came out earlier this week, I, and I, I don't know the specifics of it yet, but they said that, well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to ram through uh, working requirements this summer. So you can continue the protest till then if
1: you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, I, I totally support the uh, protesters in, in France, because we've been subject to it ourselves. Our retirement age has risen from 65 for a man and 60 for a woman to 67 and even 69, depending on how old you are or how young you are. And the French are complaining about going from 62 to 64. And, you know, I... Obviously, as an ex-navy man, uh, and the navy used to have a culture of partying, plenty of plenty of rum, uh, and that kind the of hell thing. And say. some of the guys, the hell, yeah, say. <laughs> And some of some of the guys that retired, having either never got married or never getting married, or having been divorced and retired, retired then drank their pension, and they died quite young. And I want those hedge funds to pay out and pay out and pay out and pay out for long periods of time. They don't want to pay out. They don't want to, to pay people their pensions. And so I support what's going on in France. The trouble is with violent and destructive protest is you immediately put yourself vulnerable to the law as it exists. This so, that you're yeah. seeing
0: on the screen here, this is the town hall in Bordeaux.
1: Yeah, and it's it's well on fire and there's there's no fire engines coming to put that out because I dare say the protesters are blocking the street so that's gonna burn yeah completely down probably yeah so
0: uh marty it's been an absolute pleasure i hope you get to feeling better i will call you first of the week to check up on you uh how your how's your vitamin intake we're gonna have to discuss that. that's probably why you're sick because you're not following my instructions
1: yeah i think you you might be right but only because i can't be bothered to argue with you fair enough
0: we'll see (laughs) you next week yes
1: yes you will yes you will uh it's good to see you bruce i feel much better now i've got all that off my chest it's just in my nasal passage in, in my ears that I need to get it off of now.
0: Well, you can head back inside and get yourself a nice, lovely cup of English tea.
1: Okay. I normally drink coffee, but if you insist. Coffee?
0: You should only be drinking... Okay, we-, we can talk about that offline. <laughs> you shouldn't be drinking coffee right now. Right. Um, we're going to go ahead and call us one done. So I would like to thank both of you for being here this week. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Not Johnny, not Bruce.